Come on, you gotta get on in. They've already announced you on the radio. Come on, let's go. He's a young singer from Memphis, Tennessee. Give him a warm hayride welcome to a Mr. Elvis Presley. Get a haircut, buttercup. In that moment, I watched that skinny boy transform into a superhero. Well, you may go to college. You may go to school. You may have a pink Cadillac, but don't you pick nobody's room. The wiggle. The what? Them girls won't see you wiggle. Move, man. And welcome, 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 <laughs> welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's a hunk of, hunk of, hunk of, hunk of best film ever. My name is Ian. <laughs> and I'm Elvis. <laughs> Uh, oh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do a Dutch accent, so I can't be Colonel Tom, that's for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, I'm still in the building. Yeah, so we're doing a see it or skip it. We are. On Elvis. Is it all capitals? Is it Elvis? Elvis! Or is it Elvis? Elvis. Don't know. So if you're new to a see it or skip it format, what we do here is we find something that's been released recently, either on, in cinemas usually, but every now and yeah. then on a streaming platform, mm-hmm. if it went direct to streaming. And then we kind of give you the whole spoiler-free review treatment of it and go, um, well, kind of what our thoughts were, but we do it in very, very broad strokes and not give them any spoilers. And then at the end of that, we give it a, a verdict. Are we going to see it? Are we telling, well, we saw it. Are we telling you to see it or are we telling you to skip it? After which, there will be a noise. It will sound like this. I was terrified I was going to hit the wrong button. <laughs> I can see. Yeah. I can see the fear in your face. I was like, have I replaced that with another sound? For I, said, I, I usually leave that one alone, but I might have. No, but you hear a sound like. And then we will say spoiler, 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 spoilers. Lives in a house, in a very big house. Spoiler country. Spoiler country, indeed. I had to explain to Georgia. You did. <laughs> the home premise behind uh, the Battle of Britpop. I could have used. I could have used you here for that. Yeah, it was was uh, cool. I remember that very clearly. I think I got it. It it was country house and roll with it. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. And country house wins. It did. But do you know why they won? Okay, I'm going to go into this because I was a big. I still am big Oasis fan. I do like Blur. Uh, but at the yeah, time, I, I, yeah, I, I was in part of this. In North America, we we didn't have to. Like, no, no one even heard of Blur. No, it was like woohoo. Okay, that band. Yeah, anything else? Like no one knew anything else. And, th- and this is before that. <laughs> so, country. What was the name of the album called? The Great Escape. Um, it's the one with the with the, the they're the, jumping off the boat, off right? The boat. Yeah, the Great yeah, Escape. I think it's the Great Escape. Yeah, yeah. Woohoo! Woo! That should yeah, have been the song too. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So um, I remember this very clearly, and I was such a, an Oasis fan. I was like, "No, nah, Oasis is going to win this." Because people chose sides. They did, and I remember everybody choosing sides. And I'm going to guess if you weren't going on to sixth form, I guess it was very much like that based. It was like if you're going to go, having lived here for a while now, yeah. I'm going to guess if you're a working class, you you were an Oasis fan, yeah. And if you were going off to sixth form, maybe university stuff like that, you're probably a Blur fan. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's really weird because obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'd have been on a different side of that, but no, I was uh, I was 100% all in with with, with Oasis. Oasis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, as you were. And um, <laughs> I remember having a, an argument with a guy in um, HMV at the time, the music place. And I said, Oasis better win this. I said, they've got the better song. And uh, 
he was like, oh, no, no, no. He said, uh, the weird thing is, he said, Oasis, if they did it, because um, what Blur did is they did a CD1 and CD2 of the same song. So collectors would buy both. Would buy both. Uh, okay. And each one would be go towards. <sighs> so when they won, <laughs> they also had a, uh, a vinyl format. But Oasis did the same thing, CD, vinyl. Yeah. But um, they only did one CD. Uh, where Blur did CD1 and CD2. So they kind of... I'll tell you what, for both bands, it might have been one of their weaker signal uh, singles to that point. Yeah, yeah. by the time you think... Like, yourself, roll with it. Only Shaker Maker is weaker than that, but to, when, to that point. But when it's a new song, yeah. you think, oh, this is good. I mean, Roll with it's radio-friendly. I get yeah, that. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Like Wonder- it, it's Wonder- wild to think Wonderwall and Don't Look Back in Anger are being held back. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, you still had those to come on the yeah. same album. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. Is wild. So yeah, so, yeah. Blur one over here, and Blur uh, one, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of camera. At least go on top of the pops, and they'd sort of take shots at each other. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's great. That must be must be a fun time, though. I was watching an interview recently with um, uh, Noel, mm-hmm. and they, he said he bumped into Damon uh, not so long ago. Just for people who that's Noel Gallagher of Oasis. It is a lead, Damon- lead lead guitar player. Secondary vocalist and <laughs> chief songwriter, yeah, absolutely. And Damon Alburn, the lead singer of Blur, of Blur and Gorillas and, Gorillas, and yeah. solo albums and stuff. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And they bumped into each other, and they were just sort of saying, you know, sorry about all the, the stuff we said. And it was like, ah, oh, it's banter. It was all part of the the market and thing, wasn't it? And they, spirit of the age. Yeah, and yeah. they were the, they look back on it with fond memories. I think. Yeah. You know. Of, Having that, they said some pretty horrible things about each other. They did, Liam especially. Said oh yeah, some oh yeah. Terrible. Th- well, sort of. No problem with Noel is that he's really clever, but he has no filter. At least not back then. No. So he would just say whatever, and it's just like. <laughs> but they were just bringing up the hype, weren't they? They were trying to make it more of a thing. Yeah, because I mean, it was one of those situations where everybody, everybody wins in a sense. Um, to bring it back to. One of my favorite things is pro wrestling. Um, <laughs> there was a time in the in the late nineties. Apparently, I mean, I wasn't watching it at the time, but there was a time when there were two major uh, companies, the WWF and WCW, and and the competition, and they were taking shots at each other, and competition had never been higher. But then, as a result, um, every there were, there were more eyeballs watching. So I think as a result of the the press, because it was front page stuff here in the UK. It was. It really was. And as a result, I think more people were, were buying music, listening to music, having conversations about music. Like, what's happening like that now? There's nothing like that anymore. What was it? It was Taylor Swift and Katy Perry, but even but, that was all, like, sniping it, by fans online. Yeah, that like, wasn't... the yeah. artists themselves weren't doing much. Because we don't have a physical format anymore. Well, we kind of do with bits, but well, we, it's we, not like It doesn't same. cost you anything. No. No. But- that's the thing. There's something different when I have to go and put my money down on yeah, something. Yeah, when you go into to, a record shop and you go, I want this. You know? Do you have it in stock? Yeah. The idea that you could be out of stock. What a, what a crazy world. I can remember the last time I went into a record shop and they were out of stock. And that was the Candle in the Wind, 97. Oh, jeez. We had those everywhere. Dude. That was number one in your country for about 10 years, was it? It's because we don't have a singles market. <laughs> no. I remember walking into that Walmart. That was huge. I walked into the Walmart. And there were um, the whole both. So there was the sides. You'd have the, the display cases or whatever. Where they'd have all the CDs. Like they would any, almost anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then above them, there was like a shelf behind it. So there was like a top, And it was just like banks of Candle in the Wind CDs like just that's all i had was just a single so when it was the number one single yeah because it really wasn't anything else to go against no. we had a very small singles market 
Uh, we just if you're gonna be if you're gonna own singles, it's because you were in the industry. You were you were a DJ of some sort. You were playing weddings or whatever. Yeah. I'm the first time I saw singles. Like, what is this? It looks like the album, but it's not wow, the album. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Like singles wow. are like to that degree, not a thing. It was a huge over here. Singles. Oh yeah. No, but I also remember this lady buying five copies of this Candle in the Wind '97, and I was like, "Why are you buying five? She was like, "It's going to be worth something." I remember, I remember the hysteria. And you're like, "That's not going to be worth anything." That's sold by the bucket load. Yeah, that's the thing. You think it's going to be worth something, but then everybody thinks it's going to be worth something. Yeah. So they overproduced it for that reason. Yeah, yeah. you can still you can still buy five for a dollar. You I think, still back home. find these singles in charity shops. Everywhere, oh, for sure. You know, for sure. I have one. Yeah, I do. I have one in a, in a in a box, probably at my sister's house. Yeah, I I, I had one because I I liked it. I like that different. I love the song anyway. Yeah, but to have that because um, it's been like one of those Kennedy moments where you and President Kennedy got shot. I can tell you exactly where I was when 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 Princess Diana died. Yeah, do you? I can. I told you. I was watching <laughs> Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. I love that show. Jane Seymour, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I was watching it with my stepdad. No women in the house. I don't know why. I used to live in the middle of the country, in yeah. the country. <laughs> and we got like two channels, maybe. Okay. So those were your options. Yeah. And it wasn't even like two. It was just whatever the aerial picked up. And it was these two. And it was like a, I don't know if it was a Saturday or Sunday night. It was, a, it was a weekend evening. Yeah. And my sister and my mom were out somewhere. I don't know where. And the news report came across the screen. Yeah, that what? And then and, and they cut away, and there were updates, and uh, uh, and all this happened. It was late at night, late, late, late at night for us. Yeah, it was for us. And because it was like it was like two or three in the morning or something like that. Over in France, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, when when word got back to us, um, you know what had happened, and she she'd passed away. Um, I remember I I was the one who told my mom and my sister, hey, Princess Diana's died they're like what and i'm like yeah she's dead and then to to just pivot off that really quickly i remember 9 11 um and i was in the first second day of training of a new second day of training for a job i'd already been successful as a temp at Mm -hmm. but so the first day was all like here's how your pensions work and stuff like that and i was like cool i don't really know about this and the second day was like here's how the robots weld and i'm like yeah i know i know about this but we went on a tour, and I remember it was this big thing about how a plane had hit, um, accidentally hit one of its towers. Wow. We went, whoa. And it was the first time I remember seeing, like, video, like, live video being streamed mm-hmm. on, on, on a computer. I was like, that's crazy, because, you know, it's 2001. Yep. Um, and then we kept on the tour, and then we got around. About half hour later, we're going into another room that had lots of computers, different room. But again, everybody's watching because the second plane, at this point, they're still saying accidentally mm-hmm. has flown into the Ever Tower. And I'm going, we've got a long time without any planes hitting any of the towers. Yeah. What I've are the odds that within day. half an hour we hit what? Yeah. And then I remember people saying all sorts of things, but like there was things about, I didn't take any of it in because we were, you heard about a bunch of stories about, you know, there was a, the, the, the plane that went down in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. uh, the, the plane that crashed into the Pentagon. Pentagon yeah. And then you heard a bunch of fake ones too that came up. There's something in LA that ended up being no. There was something in Chicago that ended up being no. Mm-hmm. But you're just sort of trying to figure out what is going on. And then, and this is, this is before Twitter, this is before Facebook. So you're still depending on like the, the mass media the to, ma- to yeah. sort of get, get a hold of you. And I went and I was, I was carpooling my mom for a bit because she was working in, a, in an office the town over. And I went to pick her up and she got in the car and I just went, crazy day. <laughs> and she went, yeah, crazy day. And in her tone, I could tell. She didn't know. 
my mom does not know yeah they must have been listening to someone's music or not the radio and no one called in because my mom made it through and it happened at like 10 a.m for us oh wow you know what i mean yeah it's yeah. so like it was the whole working day yeah, yeah and i'm sitting there going my mom does not know and so i had to explain to my mom as i'm dry, as we're commuting back what has gone on and she didn't really got she's like no and it wasn't one of those like you're joking but it was one of those like i i can't believe it's just too far gone mm-hmm. and i had to turn to the sports station which i religiously listened to on, on my commute because that, that that wasn't a sports station anymore that was a yeah, that yeah. was a and oh my god the world is is yeah. ending what is going on yeah, station yeah, yeah. for about four days because yeah. the whole world stopped it did it just did. like in princess died the world stopped in a different way but yeah so my thing was i gave my mom catastrophically bad news about about the real world <laughs> that's what my role was the day uh i remember diana when she passed because um i woke up and every morning i'd put on the, the tv news yeah as I was getting changed and waking up. And you know me, I'm a big Baywatch fan. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite the pivot. Yeah. Right. Well, you'll see why soon. Um, can you remember her and Dodie had been on a holiday somewhere and a picture had been taken of her. Topless, right? On a diving board. Oh, on a diving board. Okay. Um, off the back of a boat. Yes. And they would have the, she had the swimming costume on and stuff. Yeah. And um, I went listening. I just saw swimming costume, girl in a swimming costume on the thing had just passed so i went oh my god so i go running down the stairs to my dad i go dad dad pam ranson's dead he went what he went that's weird he went princess diana's dead i went what and then i found out later that obviously pam ranson hadn't passed away but um their figures are a little different <laughs> yeah like i said i was i was just a kid and i was um i weren't taking any notice just her died and uh, saw swimming costume and i just thought blonde hair yeah, yeah and i, and I, I didn't think but I was more more devastated by the fact that Diana had passed because she's quite a big thing around our local area. She she grew up around Kingsland, yeah. so in Norfolk. So yeah, I remember having a. I was working with this guy called Harry. He hated me called Harry. <laughs> Harry. It's like so. It's like so. I called him Harry. He was an older guy, bless him. And uh, he was kind of an anti-royalist, as, as a lot of Canadians are. Okay. Right, yeah. especially because this is in the, this is still freshly in the wake of Charles and Diana, mm-hmm. and 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 the split, and it was really easy to be against the monarchy, and including the Queen at that point. A lot of people were against uh, the monarchy at yeah. that time. Um, and I remember him going, but he, he really bought he he bought the the brand in hook, line, and sinker. He was like, she was the people's princess. Yeah, he just yeah. said to me, and I'm like, all right. Harry. A lot of people said the same. Sure, she was, but that's why the Americans would follow. You know, she was the princess of our heart. She was the princess of the world. All that stuff. So I promise. It's weird. We've talked about Oasis. We've talked about tragic. You know, what was to do when tragic figures die? And for some people, you know, this does tie itself in to what we're talking yeah. about here but we, i don't think we have nothing to point after that noise which will be <laughs> <laughs> well then spoil the film <laughs> you can't really spoil this film though. uh we did talk about this and we said the spoiler <laughs> version was still respected in case people don't know the life story of elvis i guess we'll still respect that well they must know he passed away yeah but i mean like specific <laughs> incidents that happened yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah. guess we can talk about specific scenes and how because it's very it's very true to form but anyway we'll do that part after the spoiler break uh, after that but i don't think that was gonna be a huge amount of time after that i think it's gonna be yeah, yeah, yeah. just some specific scenes we can talk about at that point mm-hmm. but um yeah so um you big elvis guy i am are you really yeah okay because i'm not 
like yeah. very much to the opposite thereof. I know it was one of the first times I got in trouble for foul language <laughs> at home because I didn't swear. I didn't swear growing up. I just yeah, yeah. didn't. It wasn't something we did. I was, I was a good kid. I mean, I was a good kid. If you weren't supposed to do it, I probably didn't do it. <laughs> um, probably a bit soft. I'll keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I remember. Um, I probably been, I probably what it was I'd been spending time with my cousins. And I think my my parents were always afraid because I'd go to my cousins and be like, "You can talk back to your parents." Because all they ever did was like argue and bicker, and oh, they were like foul. I would use logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, but I don't understand because this is this. But the, the very nature of it, I would like like start to speak back. It was like, and my, and my cousins had 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 far worse language. Okay, and I remember coming home and it was Elvis was on the TV, you know, and what the hell is he doing on TV? I might have been like eleven, maybe ten. But my stepdad was like, no, you do. Oh, I got in big trouble for that, and I'm like. I'm like the one person who's not swear. Oh, probably my sister wasn't swearing that much yet. My sister became far more sweary than I was. Hey, Kirst. Um, <laughs> she did, yeah. Until until I went, then, then I started working a car factory, and then it was every other word. Oh, it's it's it's, it's such a culture, man. There's it such is. a culture. It is. And I had a, I had a guy say to me once, "This is this has become the the film review of like tangents. <laughs> if you love our tangents, you must be loving this so far." I remember this guy came to me. It was a guy who, again, I was a bit more bookish than he was because I was working in, you know, kind of like the local factory. It was a place that you kind of only got a job at if you probably couldn't drive to an adjacent town where they paid you much more. Mm -hmm. So it was generally young guys and uh, a fair few guys, I think, who'd lost their license. (laughs) And so (laughs) we're all working here. And so um, I was was one of the young guys for the record. But we were talking because we were the two young guys in the crew. And he was like, I'm a, I think we're swearing a lot. I said, I think we are. He goes, I think it's just laziness. I think rather than think of the word I want to use, I just use, you know, the F-bomb instead. It becomes yeah. like, you know, becomes, he's trying to say, it becomes his go-to adjective for anything that's like really extreme. He just goes ahead and just drops an F-bomb. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, they're going, I need to curtail this, I think. I think, uh, and then so any kid who comes to me and goes, I can't help but swear. I'm like, oh, trust me, you can. Yeah. Because I do it every day. Because I enjoy a good swear word. I do. Same. I do. But there's an appropriate time to use that. There is. And the time is when I go in there, I'm in in, in teacher mode. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm Mr. Canada. (laughs) I remember when I first got married um, and my then wife uh, had three children before me and uh i tried so hard because I, I was every other word and for them i stopped swearing but then when i heard other people swear <laughs> i used to get upset by it yeah. because i'm like come on i am trying the best i can and i haven't sworn in a long long time yeah. so when they start to swear i'm like oh come on you know <laughs> you can stop this because i did and i was one of the biggest ones biggest offenders for swearing but you know one of those things and look what we do now we're talking to microphones and i don't think there's not a whole lot of swear very very rarely swear swear on this i listen to a lot of other pods where it's like they're just lazy and like they just fly and i'm like it's not i think it's funny i'm like it's not funny it's just it's kind of what my buddy said when we were both 18 it's just laziness yeah it's just fucking laziness so get get with it right (laughs) (laughs) there's no fucking swearing on this podcast oh (laughs) jeez i love how we could have had the moral high ground and you went and you went 
I, I want to swear and go F it <laughs> Okay maybe you should I'm going to keep I'm going to keep My moral high ground here <laughs> Um yeah, so I don't like Elvis. I don't like Elvis. I Why didn't you like Elvis, though? Is it because everybody else in your, you know, older liked Elvis? I imagine it's because there were a lot of, like, when I got to Canada, so I'm, I'm basing everything based off me. When I get back to Canada, it's about 1989, 1988, 1989. Yeah. So um, any mention of Elvis is usually, like, now you can have the hits of Elvis. On three, well, on three cassette tapes, all for twenty four ninety five, and it was like all these slow mo pictures of Elvis. While you just see, but like the song titles go up. And, I remember those, and the ones that are like you're about to hear will be in gold, but everything yeah. else will be in like silver. I lonesome tonight, and so and it was always like like casino Elvis. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I didn't know there was like young cool Elvis. Really, not really. Yeah, and so um, I think I saw it as old people music and very quickly as a as a as a teen because of my i kind of went right down the rabbit hole of brit pop and the beatles kind of at the same time okay because also during that time frame is when the beatles anthology yeah thing came out, out. Yeah, yeah and so i was big into i'm a beatles guy and it's a band and it's 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 four or five guys together for in the case of the beatles it was the stones and the five maybe in other case situations and oasis wasn't shy about saying who the influence no was, no right? so the more i went down one rabbit hole it sort of bounced back to each other and yeah. i sort of see oasis and the beatles and beatles and oasis and yada yada and, and and sort of how that generated so i both had my new music and I had my classic music in the sense of the Beatles. And I was sort of discovering both of them simultaneously. It was a really fun time to sort of be getting into music. And so Elvis was someone else's. Elvis was your grandparents. Elvis was, he was something, but he wasn't, he wasn't mine. And so uh, I rejected that. And then uh, <laughs> where I come from in Canada, like literally a half hour drive, I used to work in that town for uh, a summer job. It's called Collingwood. And they have a, they had an Elvis festival for 25 years. Wow. It's the second biggest Elvis festival in the world. At least that's, it was at the time. That's it, crazy. it was only behind Graceland. And it just stopped in 2020, apparently. Um, but, um, yeah, it was all about funding and who should pay the bill. And, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. and is it worth the headache? Because really, all these Elvises like, descend upon you. And so it was kind of Elvis. <laughs> it was, it's always like my, my birthday weekend, too. So my birthday weekend, I, I now you know, kind of came to grips with the idea of it. It was like spending your, your, your birthday, sometimes the birthday itself, you know, where it, you slammed from minute one to minute done, just busy, 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 trying to upsell these Elvis cookies to help raise money for charity. <laughs> And I remember there was people going, everyone's talking about, because I was, I was the guy at the drive-thru one. Thanks for choosing Tim Hortons today. My name's Ian. Can I take order, please? It was good practice for the pod. It, it was, it was, it was. <laughs> and I'd do all sorts of stuff, and I'd have rhymes, and I'd have like, I'd be like, uh, thanks for choosing Tim Hortons. Why not pick up our Elvis-inspired king cookie? Don't be cruel. Support the kids today. <laughs> And all sorts of stuff. And so we had Elvis coming through a drive-thru in the car. But I one woman go, you know, all anybody's talking about downtown is you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you're the, they're all, they're all, so you tell me I'm creating extra work for myself. Is what you're saying. <laughs> Cause a bit of a storm. So I don't know. I mean, Elvis had these sort of things of, 
And the idea of it, you know, people who deny Elvis, you know, Elvis has become a cult here, legend almost as well. Yeah. With the idea of an Elvis, you know, what, what Men in Black say, Elvis didn't die, he just went home. Yeah. You know well, what I, I mean? defy anybody, because Elvis covered a lot of music, from gospel, yeah. rock, you know. And I reckon he had gone into punk, <laughs> if it's still alive, because he covered every oh, brand of music. It's really interesting in the sense that... uh you really can't pigeonhole it. And no. I think this film was really good for me to see, because I didn't know the, sort of the whole journey of Elvis' story. I was really surprised by elements of this. So I went in. My poll for this movie, he said, trying to get back into the reason why we're doing this. <laughs> my poll for this movie was um, that it was a Baz Luhrmann film. Baz Luhrmann, yeah. Baz Luhrmann film, big topic that I was semi-familiar with, and going, oh, what do you do with this? And then you have the fact that Tom Hanks is going to play Colonel Tom. And I'm like, okay, that's enough for me to get in. The nicest guy in Hollywood playing a bad guy. <laughs> My mom used to say he's he's icky. Icky, yeah. And I'm like, she wouldn't be wrong on this one. The icky guy in Hollywood. The, the icky man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> icky Tom Cruise. Uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, yeah. Um, so th- that was my appeal for this movie, was that side of it, from a film. Because I love Baz Luhrmann. We've covered both Romeo and Juliet yep. and like Moulin Rouge yep, yep. with full-sized reviews. Go back into the back catalog. Uh, they're both really good. They're both really good movies. I've and enjoyed them. a certain them. style of the way he films. Yeah, a certain style. So that, so that was the pull for me. Was was the pull for you? Was, was, was it primarily the idea that it was a big budget elf? Because you, you love a musical biopic. I do. You do, because we've had disagreements on, on Rocket, Rocket Man. Rocket Man, yeah. Yeah, because you're way bigger on it than I am. <laughs> I am, yeah. Um, but I'm assuming you loved or enjoyed at least very much Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I haven't seen Ray. I don't know if you've seen Ray. No, I ain't seen that. No. I'll tell you what is good, though. Dirt. Which is about uh, Motley Crue. <laughs> Motley Crue one. I love it. I remember watching. I remember coming through and you were, you, you, you were crashing me for a little bit. Yeah. Was, and uh, uh, what are you watching? Like, of course you are. <laughs> I should have looked up because there's boobs everywhere. <laughs> so I got some papers to mark. <laughs> it's a good little movie. Um, uh, yeah, it just depends what you want out of your, out of your film. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. I'm trying to think about the music. Not every movie has to have boobs in it for me, but you know, (laughs) it helps. It helps. Um, No, the reason I went to see Elvis um, in the cinema was because I was in Brighton at the time, and Brighton has the longest running, uh, continuously running cinema. Oh, really? uh, Called the Picture House. What do you mean by continuously running? Like, like, like it opened? So we opened in like 1909. Oh, it's not like it's open 24 hours a day. No, okay. no, 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 no. But it, it from, from the time it opened on. until now, it's never been out of business. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the longest running one. And uh, it's called The Picture House. And I said to my girlfriend, I said, we should go and watch a movie in this picture house. How cool would that be? Then realizing Elvis was on. I went, how cool is that? Yeah. You know, what a landmark thing to do and have a great movie, hopefully. Um to, to watch it in. So, yeah, we went off and watched it, and uh, the rest is history. Yeah, uh, I went on my birthday, of all things. Did you? Yeah, I was like, I want to see a movie. Oh. I want to see a film, and then I saw that was planned. I was like, oh, that's much better than me trying to rush in Jurassic Park, Jurassic World 2, just so I can watch Jurassic World 3 and be disappointed <laughs> by it. <laughs> like, Elvis is a better chance there. So We uh, did toy with the idea of watching Jurassic Park, but I was like, nah. Oh, yeah. It's got to be Elvis. Yeah, I might get around because the, the one thing I will notice post pandemic is it feels that movies are around in cinemas a lot longer. They are. It's not as it's not as quick to push new ones in. But also, once they come off the cinema, they're straight into DVD. Oh, they're, like, they're, they're straight on the streaming services and DVDs. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. That yeah. puts you out in the shops within like six weeks. Yeah, 
That's crazy. Yeah, the uh, distribution window for for films and then into streaming. I used to actually teach that. Here's you know here's what it used to be. It used, yeah. to be thir- it used to be thirteen weeks once it's out of cinemas. You waited until the very minimum before. But I remember when a movie would be gone by April, and you waited for it to be released around Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a good. Six like months. they properly yeah. made you wait for it. But the problem is they're so afraid you'll forget it. Now they just pump it out there as soon as they can. And that'd be on normal TV or terrestrial TV within like three years. Yeah, that would be the, the sort of time frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that now streaming services are streaming services mean that, yeah, mm. it's king. Just go show. I mean, a lot of people I know, uh, sadly, though, I think that's killing the cinema a little bit because I know a lot of people that say to me, oh, I'll wait for it to come. I'll, I'll be on the streaming service soon. I'll be on whatever. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think Top Gun Maverick is proving that people still want to go to the cinema. I'm glad. I mean, that's and, been, uh, and people waited on that one for they they waited on that for two years to throw it right yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, and what film to wait on? You're in your Top Gun shirt right there. I am indeed. But no, I had that. As the guy who makes the schedule, I had to reschedule that movie so many times so over many. the past two years. It was gonna be like one. We were gonna do it in the first year of the podcast. It was gonna be the first year of the podcast for sure. Oh, do you know what I said? Do you know what I said to the, uh, the guy at the cinema? I went, you know, the posters you had that had the original dates on. Oh, yeah. I said, what did you do with those? He went, oh, we threw them. Imagine having them now. I was like, come on. Yeah. Now, there, unlike Candle in the Wind, that'd be a clip of Wouldn't it? Yeah. With a different date on it. Different date on it, yep. Oh, man. Crazy. Um, Let's talk about Elvis a bit. Yeah. Um, We were talking a little bit uh, about, about, I think it was last Sunday when you came around. It's about four days ago now. Um, about someone you, I think you said someone who you knew who went and saw it, but they weren't aware that it was Baz Luhrmann. Was that you? Was that, no, maybe not. It's not I, no, I, I had a conversation not. with someone who said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, went and saw that with someone. It could have even been one of the listeners. Who knows? And they went, yeah, uh, they weren't aware of it. It was a Baz Luhrmann film. They didn't know what Baz Luhrmann meant. So um, it's very Baz Luhrmann-y in the first half of this oh, film. Oh, big time. Yeah, first yeah. half especially. There's but a lot of places where the film goes feel. like, 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 like eight screens and things yeah. like that. And you're like, where do I look? Cause I was in a very small cinema. I was, it was a very big cinema, but it's a very small screening room. Oh, okay. And so I was closer to the front than I probably would have chosen on a normal basis. Yeah. And I'm like, where do I, Oh, there's no option. Like everything was too close in this one. Yeah. It's like, where do I look? And the answer was anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The amount of time this must've spent in the edit is insane. Could you imagine being the person editing this movie? Yeah, when you sign up for a Baz Luhrmann film, I think, like, Romeo and Juliet was very um, ADHD, Generation X all over the place. And also, it's very um, color-saturated. Which is very Moulin Rouge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It is very color-saturated. You're not wrong there. So, uh, if you know Baz Luhrmann, you know, walking into it, when you yeah, see it that's the pro- so that's the question i have is imagine if you're not a bass you're just going because you think you're gonna see an elvis biopic yeah and then you get this and it's 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 beautifully shot yeah uh, well t- oh, she's want to talk about some stuff we'll talk about the sequences maybe specifically in the but, but julene ready for this the color grading was excellent so you have the <laughs> saturation but then you also have that anytime where he was a boy Mm. And it's like, because there's some flashbacks when he's a boy. That's in the trailer. I can totally say that. Oh, yeah. Um, there's going to be a boy. It's like this, like, sandy, poor, yeah, yeah, sepia, yeah. yellow, brown look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To give Ooh! that, yeah. Give that feel. Yeah. it's it, it, That part's really strong. Well, that part. I mean, there's a lot of really strong parts in this film. Um, should we talk about, is it Austin Butler? Is that his name? Austin Butler, yeah. Wow. I know, right? The only thing about him, I will say, is a bit like Remy Malek in uh, 
Bohemian Rhapsody. They're not I, they're not identical lookalikes. But yeah, I'm okay with cause, that. Cause, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because Austin Butler... I think times, Remy Malik was closer to Freddy than Austin Butler is to Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that. Um, so there were times when I was like, I'm not... But there were also times when I went, what the... That's a movie. I'm okay. I know it's not really Elvis in front of me. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no. But I mean, without spoilering, there's no. uh, bits where I went, wow. Yeah, okay. You know, because he's not so... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But we'll get to that nearer the time. Yeah, but I thought his performance... Uh, apparently, there's a lot of Oscar buzz around him. I can totally see why. Okay, but I can't see why Tommy got Oscar buzz. Well, that's interesting, because the other side of that coin is... I was watching something on What Culture, which is a YouTube uh, yeah. video series that counts down top tens of various things, and I love me a list. I sometimes watch it. Oh, do you really? Okay. So um, they were doing top ten actors who just gave the worst performance of their career... And they mentioned Tom Hanks in uh, crazy in Elvis, and I'm like, Lady Killer says what? Yeah, this is not a bad performance at all. No, no. Their way. issue was they felt like his accent wasn't strong enough, and I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever on that one. I'm like, I think Eerie, he was supposed to be slimy, but felt like he couldn't escape him, and like he would always get you back in. Yeah, I think he nailed he that. Nailed that. He yeah, nailed absolutely. That. Only because he's known as one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. He's now playing this character because I think he's broadening his horizons now. As he gets older, he'll do more of these. Well, I think he's realizing at his age, and he's got to be pushing. He's got to be pushing his late sixties. He's got to be at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, I think he's realizing that you know the the number of movies where he can be the leading man, the number one actor, is sixty six. Look at that. Oh, well is going to be. Um, you know, fewer and far between. But what you can do is you can create this great level of secondary yeah. sort of actor. So can he be basically Robert Duvall to Tom Cruise in Days of Thunder? Hell yeah. Can he be, um, oh, who's the uh, Paul Newman yeah. to Tom Cruise? Funny you say that. I was just thinking that. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> was, yeah in so, color of money. So can he be that guy? And that's yeah. kind of what we have here. Here's an old guy. Here's a young guy. Let's, let's pair him up. Absolutely. And as cool as Austin Butler looks as Elvis, and he looks cool. He does. You know, you pair him with like <laughs> this dithering old, like he's fat. He's like, he's like, he's very unattractive in this. Yeah. He's more icky in this. He's icky. <laughs> he doesn't even get music. Nope. He no. Just, he just sees an opportunity. He's, he's a bit, he's, He's a carny. He is a carny and a conny. Exactly. <laughs> he he's calls like, everyone. He's like, how can I ex- extract the max? There's a poker reference for anybody there. Yeah. But how can I extract the maximum amount of money out of these people and have them be okay with the fact that I've just done that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that he lets Elvis have full control. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. It's interesting. And so um, there's... That dynamic is most of the movie, mm-hmm. is how they feel about each other and how it switches and swaps and sways and does all sorts of stuff throughout. Because only I was thinking about it, there's only about five characters of real note in this movie. Yeah. I think. And the two of them are the big two. I mean, th- this had to work, and it works in abundance. Oh, it does. And their chemistry 
good and bad works so well on with them two together large parts of this movie are austin butler doing musical numbers and just cutaways to tom hanks but us getting that he gets how once in a lifetime this kid is yeah yeah or when he loses control of them again the cutaway because so much of what tom hanks does there's a lot of there's a lot of dialogue but there's also a lot of just physical george George would appreciate this a lot of just visual reacting Mm mm-hmm because you have to it's so one thing you got it's elvish you gotta have the big musical numbers and the funny thing is uh as a character uh, and as well as um colonel parker he he doesn't let go he sees he still sees an opportunity when there's no opportunity yeah he still goes for the he knows this is never coming again he milks everything out of him. Yeah, and we can talk, hopefully, I'm going to start making a little bit of a note here about things we can talk about in the spoiler part. Um, yeah. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> helping so, me out with some, so, with some stuff. It's so hard. It's so hard not to, um, to... Well, it's just a biopic, though, isn't it? It's, most people would know vaguely the story of it. Oh, I think, I, think, I think people younger than us don't, buddy. Do you know what blew my mind? What's that? He died at 42. Yeah. How old are we? I just turned 43. Well, yeah, exactly. There we are. There we are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's mind-boggling. Because um, I don't feel anywhere near the age he looked. No, no, but he also, I mean, he's, he's put his body through a lot. But back to I don't, I think there's, there's anybody younger than us, I don't think they really know the, the Elvis story. Okay, mate. Well, yeah, well, I guess our parents were still had the elvis because i mean what was it 77 they would have gone through it yeah 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 and we're we're, we're early 80s kids yeah so so we were just in the we're still uh, in that so i guess it depends yeah okay which side of it were you i mean i guess <laughs> i was raised to be a beatles kid rather than an elvis kid i guess elvis didn't really have a whole lot of presence in my house see uh, my my music influence come from my dad so he's always playing elvis oh was it really and the Stones more than the Beatles. Okay. So I'm more of a Stone. Again, you want to talk Blur Oasis? Yeah. Stones and the Beatles. Oh, Beatles. Beatles <laughs> no all day way. long. The Stones. You've got to be kidding me. I love the Stones. They're, I'll give you this. The Stones are more of a rock and roll band. I'll give you that all day long. I'll just. Argue. I reckon they. Sorry, I went a bit loud. I reckon they have more stage presence even back in the day. Oh, sure. Than, than the Beatles. But the, the Beatles were, were songwriters, musicians. Yeah, but you. The Stones were rock stars. You, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But you, how different would it have been though, if they stopped, if they hadn't stopped touring, the Beatles? I mean, yeah. I mean, they only stopped touring because of all the fan hysteria. They stopped touring because you couldn't hear yourself play. Exactly. (laughs) But imagine if you didn't. Imagine how the albums would have turned. They wouldn't have heard Sergeant Pepper. Sergeant Pepper only came about because they had time. They knew that they were never going to tour it, sure. So they could add whatever they like. Oh yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So if they were still yeah. touring as a band like the Stones, would they have that there's all, idea? I mean, there's also the concept that because much like Kurt Cobain and Nirvana, because because you end these things, you know, they they, they break up after seven years. Yeah, seven eight years. At least from not from formation, but from the first time that oh, their, their yeah, first yeah. studio album gets released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have something like, I don't know how many albums there were, but I mean, just ridiculously put, I mean, you want to talk about uh, pumping out content, jeez. Um, they're right up there with, with the, with the, oh, yeah. with, the, with the BFE as far as getting content out to people. <laughs> There's more albums than the years they were together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and so you have those, but then it just stops and there's a full, and there's, there's a full stop there. It doesn't matter what you do single. And then when they were talking about maybe starting to, there was rumors that McCartney and Lennon it just feels weird to say it that way. Lennon and McCartney were, were, were going to sort of patch things up. They were the and, week before. And, and what might that mean? Yeah. 
and then John dies. Yeah. Um, what it means, therefore, is we have, we put it in a time capsule, and they can never age. Nope. Like individually, they can age, but it means they can never put out a bad record. Do you know what? I, yeah, but it, it means they can't lose the spark they once had. No, it means you can't go ahead and go. Ooh, or you can't see them try to. Now they, they were, you know, for those eight years, they were on the cusp and the in the forefront of music. What that means, but after about a decade, people start looking for the new thing. And what happens when the Beatles are no longer the new thing? Yeah, which is actually is is pretty much what happens to Elvis in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he uh, difference with Elvis is, I mean, things like. Um, you think a band, you, there's an interview with the Beatles um, very early on, and they say, uh, you know, what are you going to be doing in a few years' time? They well, well, we'll milk this for basically what it is, two or three years, and then we'll go off and do something else. No one thought longevity about these things, which is why when Elvis goes to, joins the army, and he has that two-year spell, uh, two or three years, I can't remember now, um, spell where he's not touring, not recording, uh, they don't know if he's going to be on top again. They don't know if he's yeah. had his time. Yeah. So that that comeback is a hell of a comeback. Um, because people didn't know at the time. What else? Um, we've talked about, talk, about Colonel Tom. We've talked about uh, Austin Butler as Elvis himself. I, I mean, major props to the to the costume designer because if you're going to have this oversaturated oh, yeah. sort of thing, I mean, Elvis looked good yeah, in, in everything his whether he was yeah. on stage yeah. or whether he was elvis delivering stuff yeah elvis looked good and looked cool throughout always yeah yeah um should we talk about um there was the woman who plays priscilla priscilla mm-hmm. olivia de jong oh she was excellent I thought she was, uh, again, <laughs> you know how people, um, they take real life people and they um, take actresses and actors and um, make them prettier than. Oh, than the actual people. Than the actual people. Yeah, she's prettier than Priscilla. She's so much prettier than Priscilla. Yeah. Nothing against Priscilla because I love Priscilla. In fact, I think she got better with age. A bit like Cher. Um, but in this, the the lady playing her is a lot prettier at the time. Um and I think they should have gone really more with what Priscilla was than trying to make her this pretty, pretty face. Okay. In my view, you know, that's what I think. I, I, it's interesting if you were to cast yourself in a movie, who would you get to play you? Because I think we'd all be guilty of trying to go like, how about that? <laughs> There's an episode of Seinfeld where where the, they're, they're making a sitcom about their own lives. It's very meta. But George pushes for, like, this really handsome guy to play him. <laughs> and everybody instead loves this, like, loser guy. Like, that's George. That's who George should be. Um, I'd, want, I'd want Harry Dean Stanton to play me. <laughs> who's that? He's that guy that just turns up in everything. I, I think he's passed away now. Um, Probably going to be hard to make that happen then, buddy. Yeah, I know. He was just a guy that was always in like music videos, films from way back when to present day of the of the time before he passed. Oh, him! Yeah, he was in he was in Big Love for a while. I love that guy as an actor. He's great. He turned up in a Dwight Yoakam video, which always made me laugh. Was he in Big Love? How do I know this guy? Oh, first off, he was in uh, uh, Cool Hand Luke, wasn't he? He was. I haven't looked that up yet. I just remembered from yeah, he was yeah, playing. Yeah. Was he playing the banjo or something on the porch in that scene? He was, yeah, he was playing. Uh, yeah, playing the instrument. I mean, 
Green Mile. Alien? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, there we go. There's an old school BFE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Listen to the very first episode. <laughs> yeah, you'll hear a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. You will. Um, and then you got the parents. Uh, I thought the mom, played by Helen Thompson, was was all right. Strong. Yeah. Strong um, character. But she was a strong woman in real life. I mean, she was the one who, who was his everything. I mean, they nailed that. I mean, he really, he really was a mum's boy. He really, he really was that. So all these adoring fans, and then he answered to his mum. Never really knew too much about his dad, Vernon. Mm-hmm. But in this, they come across as a very wishy-washy and very weak person in this. Well, let's talk about the guy who played Vernon, who was, uh, yeah, very understated throughout. Very. You had to get the idea that he could be easily manipulated. That's basically what his character is in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You recognize him at all? Because I didn't. No. It's the Duke from... Uh, Moulin Rouge. No. Yeah. I hadn't seen him in like anything else. Wow. And then I was looking up for this. Who's the cast list? And I went, I saw the name Richard Roxburgh. And I went, that's the Duke, wow. isn't it? And I clicked, yeah, it's the Duke. How cool is that? That is crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, him and Baz Luhrmann have got a bit of a... Discount Gary Oldman. Yeah, he is. He is discount he Gary is. Oldman. He is. Instead of the Vadman Moulin Rouge, it still, it still counts. You can't get Gary Oldman. Oh, that's he works a lot. Yeah, so he, I wonder what it would be like if we had discount um, Gary Oldman on the plane in Air Force One. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be cool. Uh, yeah, so um, it's a long film. It didn't feel long, though. For me, it didn't. I, th- I think the pacing's good. Uh, I just think, if you're going to watch it, just realize you're there for almost three hours. Yeah. Because probably I, probably with previews, you're there for three hours. Yeah, I said to my girlfriend at the time, you know, she's not a big Elvis fan. And I said, um, you know, it's probably going to be a long old movie. I said, but, you know, it's a biopic. So, you know, you'll see changes of characters and feelings and stuff. And I said, and I apologize for popping in with stuff going, oh, that's not really right. <laughs> or, you know, um, yes, a bit, a bit of um, artistic license, which you need, I suppose, a little bit of artistic license to make things look more, a bit more than what they are, I guess. Yeah, especially because even if we're used to seeing things, we're used to seeing things through 1970s playback. And the minute you make things shiny and up to modern standard, yeah, you lose some of it as well. Um, very interesting. I, I, I think if anybody who doesn't know who Elvis is and they watch this film, I think that'd open a lot more doors for them music wise because he did such a body of work. Which was my next question was an ask, which was about um, the songs themselves. How'd they come off? I thought they came off well. I thought Austin Butler sang really well. I think they blended their voices. Uh, I'd be very curious to see what that me uh, see how that went. Um, I don't really, yeah, because at times I thought, no, nah, this is too good. I mean, he. I think George just said in one of the episodes that he's claimed that singing like this has changed his vocal cords forever. Oh, has it? Yeah. So, uh, I think it's really him singing. I, I hope so. I hope yeah. so. But do you know what? He's so I good mean, if he did. Where you take um, Taron Egerton, who played uh, Elton John, he didn't sound like Elton John. He did his singing, didn't he? With an with an interpretation, he didn't sound like Elton. Um. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember his performances. They're great performances. It was Elton esque. Esque. 
But that's about as far as you can say. I mean, he also is a much better looking man. Let's talk about making people making it look oh, better I than know. Right? Yeah. You know, one day Elton was fine with it. <laughs> like what they should have done is they should have done him when he was like uh, Eddie the Eagle. Yes. Which, to be fair, <laughs> yeah. He, 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 hey, do you know what? Again, Taron Egerton is one of these actors I think is just going to get better and better and better. You know, who saw this kid coming from nowhere? I didn't. You know? I, I forget who I thought he was when he first showed up. I thought it was someone else. And look, and only the other day, um, Britney Spears saw him somewhere and she fangirled all over him. Did you really? Yeah. So, you know. Uh, Butler did all the young Elvis songs himself. Okay. Ooh, okay. That's interesting. So first, uh, Butler sang the songs. This is all the young ones. Elvis's later songs are more of a challenge. Hey, look at you. He borrowed the Bohemian Rhapsody trick of blending Butler's vocals with Elvis's actual performances. See, uh, that sounded too good. Well done, you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> That's impressive. Um, but I mean, but if you think about what the challenge that would be for an actor, because as we as we age, our voices change. Do, yeah. As our bodies change, our voices change. Now, Austin Butler has neither of those things available to him. He can't age, nor right. can his body undergo some great transformation over the course of however long mm. this was the shoot, even with Tom Hanks getting COVID. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but but I thought he was really, really, really good throughout. I thought he was phenomenal. And to me, I don't know if he's been in anything before this. If he has, he's not somebody who's been on my radar, who's cropped up in anything. But he's going to have a, a good career now for the next few years. I heard he was in something called Zoe 101, which I am familiar with. No, I'm not familiar with that. That had Britney Spears' sister on it, of all things <laughs> in the world there. Nice. So I'm trying to see. He he was James Garrett slash Danifer. What is this? James Garrett. I'm just going to look and see if I recognize him at all. James I bet he looks Garrett. supremely different. Zoe 101. Oh, my word, he does, too. Does he? Yeah, he looks way different. Come, come, come around here and have, a, quick, have a look at this. Have a quick look there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who looked at him and went, yeah, you're Elvis. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's quite the shock. Isn't it? Um, yeah, teen teen stars when they, when, they, when they grow up, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm glad they put him in the role. I'm glad they didn't get some Hollywood actor to kind of play him. I think with these biopics, you need someone who, who's not really on the radar and get close as they can to it. Yeah. You know, you, what's the point in casting Tom Cruise, you know, as Freddie? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. It's just not, not going to wash, is it? I think that was half my problem with watching Air Force One the other night. Um, the fact that Harrison Ford was too big a name for me to be the president. Bill Pullman in Independence Day was not that big a name but made me think... Yeah, I've listened to the pod. I talked about this and that. Uh, did you? Yeah, we, we, yeah, we talked about that, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so... Great minds. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's worth... If, I mean, it's really hard whenever you try and boil down a life to just a few key moments or a few key ideas, and I thought they hit what the big moments and elements were were they yada 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 over two big portions but i don't think you need to do anything else with them no because i think they yada yada over his time in the army i think they yada yada over his time in hollywood yeah, yeah, yeah. 
which is fine. But it's, yeah, it's okay though, because they're not really big moments that we need to see. Also, if they don't yada yada over his time, forget the military, military, you can yada yada over. But if you don't yada yada over, um, the Hollywood series, what actually happens then instead is we see Elvis as a failure. Oh, I see. And by, so if we wait too long, we, so, so that's going to play into it because we need to believe like Elvis believes that Elvis can still be something. Yeah. Because I know in, in real life that Elvis, um, wanted to go into the movies. He wanted to do more dramatic roles. Yes. Where Colonel Parker wouldn't, you know, Play a song, play a song. Everyone yeah, yeah, wants to see you play the song. But then that becomes clicheness of always oh, Elvis and he's doing another song. Yeah. You know, in this another movie. And they become like kind of B movies. Very much so, yeah. Rather than like an A list movie. So Colonel Parker was quite toxic for him, really. Oh, I mean, he made him, you know, that, oh, I guess we'll talk about it when yeah. we come back. Yeah. I think we're at, this, we're at the stage of everything we can sort of talk about at this point of the break. So, um, a few tangents along the way, but uh, see it or skip it, Liam. Absolutely see it. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, see it as as well, without qualification. It's If you have any interest in Elvis whatsoever, uh, even if you don't, it's, it's a really good film, but if you have any interest in Elvis whatsoever, it, it behooves you to go have a look and see the entirety of of the journey in, 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 in one sitting. It's a long sitting, but it's, a, it's, a, it's one sitting and a really good one. And it's probably one I would want to see on the big screen. Yeah, 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 definitely. And, it, and it's one of those things that, hey, I think they do very well encapsulating his whole life sure. in that time, you know, and, and hitting them key moments. All right. So it's two see and we're going to hit the button in a minute and then we'll spoil it. But it's two see and we'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flap. All right. Spoiler. A very big house in Graceland. <laughs> <laughs> he lived in a house a very big house in graceland so is that is that house is that graceland yeah oh really yeah, yeah. but it starts off quite small well actually do they build onto it or what, what do they do well well the land i think they expand oh, okay because when we see it in the film you can just drive up to it there's no gates there's no nothing yeah and i think eventually they expand and the, the popularity of elvis being where he is absolutely yeah expand the land yeah, because it's a very small house, actually, considering... No, I was expecting it to be bigger than that, yeah. Yeah. And a lot so I thought, this like, can't no- be Graceland, and then when he talks later on about how they're going to take Graceland, Daddy, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I think you can still go to the house he was um, brought up in. I don't think that was demolished. I think once he became famous, that became preserved. It's really interesting once these things happen. I, I've been to Paul McCartney's house that he grew up in. Me too. Um, yeah, if you've done the Beatles stuff, you've done the Beatles stuff. And and, uh, and, and I got to go to um, uh, George Harrison's, and I got to do the famous picture where he's pointing to the wall. I got to do that. Did you? Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> Was it George's we stopped at? George's one is still being lived in by an older couple. I'm trying to think. Maybe it was George's that we stopped at. Ringo's, they just sort of pointed and went, yeah, it's over there. <laughs> I went to look at Ringo's uh, because on Ringo's first album, I believe, is the picture of the pub. Yes. And he, yes. he lived just down the side of the pub. Yeah. So you can go to his, you can walk to, that's a dead end. Yeah. But you can walk down it and see the, the actual door. Yeah. It's a terrace house. I think George's, it's George's or Paul's, it's one of them. It's down this uh, little. Cul-de-sac? Straight. Kind of a well, cul-de-sac's kind of circular by its nature, isn't it? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. down this like, but you can't really drive down it. You have yeah. to walk down it. There's houses on both sides, and it's got a different colored door. 
yeah, it's yeah, a red yeah, yeah. door, and everything else is white. And that was done with the council to say we want to acknowledge. I think maybe in the time between when you saw it, when I saw it, <laughs> I think the poor people died. Oh, really? Yeah. And oh, it was no. just sort of sitting there empty at the time being, um, if I'm remembering correctly. But there we go. So, uh, yeah, here's my here's my main issue with this film, if there is one to have. Okay. Elvis is the nicest guy ever. So is Priscilla. Yeah. Like, nobody is bad except for Colonel Tom. Don't be wrong. Colonel Tom, I've, I've read all the stuff. Yeah, the guy was... Again, artistic license. The guy's a scumbag. But much like with Bohemian Rhapsody and much like with Rocket Man, it's really hard to do a biopic when there's key members still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as a result, you know, in Queen, one of the biggest issues is that Freddie's the only jerk in yeah. Queen and everybody else in the band was just the nicest guys to him. Yeah, and of course not. Why That's you not- hurting us, Freddie? Why are you doing this? Yeah, it's not the real life. It's thing. not the real life thing. No. Elton's, you know, he he promised a gritty version of his life. It was pretty sanitized by my count. For, for his standards, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you hear about what was supposed to be going on at that point, yeah. And I'll tell you then, what I did like in that, though. I did like the fact that um, his partnership with Bernie Tolpin, not yep. many people can talk to, to Elton the way they talk to him, and Bernie would talk to him that way. Yep. You know, if you're getting too big to your boots, bring him down a peg. Yep. And he respected that. Because he knew him back when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. only that partnership can work. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... Yeah, my, my my issue is that Elvis is the greatest man who ever lived. And it wasn't until the drugs get to him that Elvis shows any flaws whatsoever. And I'm like, okay. Because that would you would um, naturally get a little bit big-headed of stuff, wouldn't you? Having all the adulation of these women, having all the success. Yeah, they kept presenting uh, Elvis as a victim who's being seduced by fame. And, yeah. and, and Colonel Tom's basically the devil on his shoulder going, go on. Go on. I mean, they totally yada yada over Elvis's womanizing. Oh, yeah. And totally he, and he, and he yada yada over throughout. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Priscilla never stopped loving him. Yeah. Pris- Priscilla said, I just can't deal with everybody else in the relationship. There was a passing reference to, you think I care what you do with the girls you're sneaking through the side door? Yeah. The issue is that he didn't touch her anymore and things like that. And yeah. That was her issue. Uh, the issue was that he was on drugs and he was hurting himself. Um, yeah. I mean,. That part was, I mean, it was that and the idea that I mean, this is a this is a really tricky film to release in a modern climate because you could look at Elvis and go cultural appropriation. Mm. He took black music and sold it to white audiences, which is typically what was sort of said about Elvis because yeah. he did because literally literally it's what he did. But so, he liked that music, right? So the so they made re- they they tried really hard and they were successful, but they really went into overdrive to go. Yeah, it was black music, and yeah, he sold the white audiences, but it was also his music because he was one of them. Yeah, he lived with them. Yeah, but look at the Stones. They were into black music. They were into rhythm and blues, you know, and stuff like that. So they stole their music. I guess in this case, it's literally he took the song. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Elvis never wrote a song. No, no, even, no, no. Even though he's credited on some of them, I think. Where he, he added bits to or whatever, but he no. He never, ever wrote a song. Never wrote a song. No, that was imagine being a lot successful of, now. A lot of Carl Perkins. Yeah, Carl yeah. Perkins. I mean Carl Perkins was the million dollar quartet, for instance. Amazing. You I'm, I'm, I'm beyond <laughs> my knowledge base now. I threw something out and was like, I'm doing okay. And then you went <laughs> and that was like all I had, then you went way further with it and I went, Oh, I I can't I can't fake my way through this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, okay. I, 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 knew, I knew I was recorded a fair bit of, of Carl Perkins stuff. I know Carl Perkins did Blue Suede Shoes, for instance. Yeah. But I know, I know there was quite a few Carl Perkins songs. Yeah, yeah, there was. Because you go back to Sun Records, uh, where it all started. 
you had people like Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, you had people like Carl Perkins. You had Elvis. Um, and there was a, who's the other guy? Escapes me now. Um, but they were the million dollar quartet. They got together and did, yeah. did songs together. But yeah, I mean, it's, 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 Sun Records was, it's such an iconic thing now. A bit like Creation Records. It's iconic because of Oasis. Yes. But it's no longer going. It no longer exists. No. I would have liked some more on the Sun Records side of it. I guess the story was going to be Colonel Tom and Elvis and their time together. So oh, we yada yeah. yada over Sun Records. And that, I'd I like to used, see him more. Because when he bails on Sun Records, that should feel like a big moment to the audience. Yeah. And it doesn't because we start the story. A, our narrator of a sort is Colonel Tom. Mm-hmm. So kind of everything before him is considered not, and it was his experience. He turns, if we did whose story is this, you could very easily argue it's Colonel Tom's story, not Elvis's story. Yeah, absolutely. Because we follow him and he experiences Elvis through hearing him on the radio for the first time. We don't yeah. follow Elvis's journey. No, and afterwards as well, yeah. after his death and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, and also you, if you through throughout the film and what you've been told, you say that Elvis is very loyal. He, he don't like to upset people. Yeah, he left Sam Phillips and Sun Records, and he can get excited about RCA, the yep. other label, doesn't yep. he? You know, and that is it is washed over. Well, a this bit. is the Ferris wheel scene that precedes it, which is a good scene, and it's the idea that they're both going to give up everything they've got to partner together. So yeah. he's going to give up Hank Snow. Hey, I pulled that name out of nowhere. Well done, because I totally forgot it, and I was like, Sam. No, it's not Sam Cook. Sam, that's a much different movie. Um, that's one night in Miami. Uh, uh, but is. but but Hank Snow. There we go. The bigger act at the time. The much bigger act at the time. And the act who was like traditional values and yada, yada, yada. And he says, look, if this is going to work, I'm going to give everything I have. But then you give everything you have, too. And we'll, and, and, and we'll go for it. And, and, you know, the guy from Sun Records. Sam Phillips. Uh, knew enough to go, look, I can't compete with national distribution. You should have national distribution. Yeah. That, that's, that's the next logical well, thing. I don't think that was that clean cut and dry. <laughs> Well, no, but again, that's the thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is, you know, victory is told by, sorry, history is told by by, by the victors, or at least, you know, who who tells the story is so yeah. important. Um, And so we have that. Um, I'm trying to see key moments or idea. I mean, there, there is that, that trilogy of scenes that sort of all come together when Elvis is... Um, about to go on. This is the one they use lean heavily into in the trailer. When Elvis is doing that first performance where Colonel Tom first sees him. And they're like, Oh, the hayride. Get the, a haircut, the, you hippie. Yeah, the Louisiana hayride. And he's struggling with the song and then he comes through with it. But it's like a triple thing of him as a child in a tent revival meeting. Hmm. Um, where he's having some sort of an experience with gospel music, black gospel music. He and he never shied away from that. He he was heavily influenced by gospel music. And then we have also this very sexual, almost like a peep show he's got going on. Yeah, and someone singing and the dance is sort of an excuse for sexuality. So that mix again of 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 gospel music, which he loves, but also this sort of sexual deviant kind of forbidden behavior which gets married in there and, and, and long extended cuts of the black artists who are singing the songs originally, mm. which is how I think they're dealing with this um, potential for criticism. Okay. And then his, his performance there. What a wonderfully edited um, sequence. Clever. 
I think that not just clever, but like it takes me on an emotional journey. Of course, where you go, he can't be because what the, what the scene's telling me is he doesn't get to be who he is now without both these sides. Exactly, without the gospel. Yep. Or without the sex. Yeah. But you know what they both have in common? They come from black culture. Roots, yeah. Yeah. And so, and and even having your B.B. King, who who literally, I mean, the actor who plays B.B. King, who literally <laughs> says he'd love it if he did release that record because it would make a lot more than he's going to make on it. Yeah. And basically gives him his blessing. Yeah. To do this. And I don't say any of us to say we should criticize Elvis. I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is a really tricky movie to release at this time because you could you could ease and I haven't heard one peep about it, so they've done a really good job with that. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um so there was that. Not enough was done, I thought, with the friendship with BB King, who I think they were trying to establish as like this like friend buddy sidekick yeah. kind of he's the one guy I can be myself with was kind of this idea. They're both and then the tragedy, which would have been really interesting to kind of go down, would be for, you know, but, you know, here we're, we're the same. And they go, well, no, because we're not, the, we're still never going to be the same. And for Elvis, for all his want of wanting to feel like this is where he belongs to go, we're, we're, we're happy to have you here, but you're not one of us. Yeah. And that would have been interesting to have seen because he and B.B. King were sort of presented as like on parallel journeys. And then they just kind of forget about B.B. King. Yeah. I think they just needed an opener of how and why. Well, they went back to him a few times. And why, yeah, I know, but they needed something to to show you uh, the different sides of Elvis, didn't they? They needed to show you why he became the sensation he did. And they're trying to show you both sides, aren't they? Because after a scene where we have that, I mean, that basically sets us up for um, the scene where he's told he's no longer going to do the wiggle. Um, by the again, but what I mean, some sort of state fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that is the Louisiana hayride. I think is the. State oh, is that fair. the hayride? Yeah, that's okay. the hayride. Yeah, great. Um, because that was a big, big iconic thing at the time. Um, the fact that this kid was being gyrating on stage in front of these girls. Um, and lots of shots. I love a shot of a newspaper headline. You know me. It's great. Lots of shots of like you know black movements to a white audience and to from a white performer and how that was even wrong and it's just going oh jeez yeah um, and again you kind of thought you were getting this character um who was being presented as I forget, maybe even the actor was someone i forget now but this politician who was leading the charge against him Oh, yes, yes. And this is a character in films like The Boat That Rocked or Pirate Radio. You have that guy, don't you? The guy you who's going to – or Patch Adams. You know, you're too, I'm going to take you down. And it ends in this big battle throughout the film. And he just kind of disappears because as life would have it, you know, life doesn't doesn't result in this culmination where he's going to be around for the whole thing. And so, and you know – And there's a lot to get through. <laughs> Colonel Tom kind of goes, you know – yeah, there's a lot to get through, and I think they take some shortcuts because Colonel Tom bowing down on you know the Wiggly Elvis when that's the thing that he saw that made them the money. I think I needed more of him explaining why he was going to give it up. Yeah, I, I think it's almost like they're trying to keep in like keep in the dark from me the fact that he was an illegal alien. But I'm like, just just come right on board with that. I think it's better if I know the whole time. Yeah, because they just made some illusions. He's like, oh, oh, oh. and I'm like, just tell me, just tell me here. 
Huh? Cause that way, you know, and that's powerful too. And you know, cause now I'm on, now I gotta be in the room and watch him lie and know he lies. Whether I know the story or not, I gotta yeah. watch him knowing he, and you're, you're partnering me with the guy. Like, I don't want to be in the know that yeah. would be powerful. Yeah. So there's that. Um, the sequence where he is, he is dancing and, and was that? I'm evil. Was that that one? Mm. I sang that in a panto once. Yeah. I'm evil, evil, evil as can be. Yeah. And it's one of this. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the words at all. You got to harvest that flair. <laughs> um, I'm just seeing um, Arnie on a bike. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that was a really powerful scene and he's Colonel Tom's looking through like a slit in the like, uh, bleachers underneath, Mm. like very much like, like Elvis was at this like peep show when he he was a kid. So that was interesting. Um, the army stuff and Priscilla, whatever it's, it's, I like how, well, I don't like, I don't like how they wash over this. When he met Priscilla, she was only 14. I I was going to ask about this. And they don't, they don't, they wash over this like that's a. They mentioned a while ago that he's ten years older. Yeah, but I'm like, how old's Elvis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was fourteen. Wow. Yeah. And everyone seemed okay with that. They say nothing ever happened until she was older, but you know. Yeah. I'm um, not pointing fingers. I'm just saying. No, that, you know, I, it was a question that. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. It's a, it's a very different movie now. In it, if, if you make that explicit, yeah, 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 different world. It was a different world. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I, making excuses. Not for making you. excuses at all. No, no, no. Um, then what do you have? Um, well, I think the next big thing is the idea about the comeback special. I think it's that because as we heard from um, Colonel Tom, you know, we took all the money we could from the records, and then we took all the movie from Hollywood. And now we're going to take all the money from the TV people. And then this idea that he was the snowman. And the snow was yeah, sort yeah. of like him, sh- you know, conning people. The funny thing is, though, right, that comeback special, if you ever watch that in its entirety, what really works with that is the intimacy yeah. with the audience. If they had just done a stage and people watching, it would have never been what it was. No, it was agreed. the it was the in the round intimacy of the they could literally just step on the stage yeah. and touch him. Do you know what I mean? And and you can see that. And I love how um, again, if you watch, he even in, in the original, they didn't show it in this, but in the original comeback special, he sings about a guitar strap because he needs a guitar strap to hold his guitar on. Yeah, you know, and and that's quite charming, you know. And I think that's what the audience got to see, and that's what the there and what people saw when they they filmed it it's also the benefit of shooting months in advance you can shoot so much stuff yeah and you only have to take the best stuff the best best stuff out the best stuff out yeah yeah but i mean i i remember this i remember i've seen this somewhere somewhere i've seen elements of this comeback special with him with the lit up floor underneath him yeah this little square four by four platform his leather suit yeah and he's just sitting there talking to talking to people yeah and uh how that was well done i never knew it was supposed to be this big christmas thing i never knew that either and i don't know if there's any creative license with that but the idea that he does this protest song um i'd be very curious is that a true story the bit where they spin the camera exactly around? I, I, again i don't know i think that's artistic license but there we are 
I, 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 I don't, I've never heard of that. Yeah. I'd never known that. So to me, that was new to me too. They definitely really tried hard in this movie to present him as Elvis Presley, um, ally of the civil rights movement. Oh yeah. Because, you know, we, we had key scenes of him being, um, distraught when Dr. King dies, yeah. uh, when Robbie Kennedy dies. Yeah. And then the idea that someone has to have a voice, someone has to say something. And uh, I think B.B. King had said it to him or something like that. And he, re- he, re- he recalls it and then he writes the song with the big Elvis in the background. It was, it was, a, cool, it was a cool movie moment. I'll oh, say yeah, that for sure. Yeah, definitely. What's interesting, though, is they come in. Tom Hanks is like, oh, well, good. We don't know where our sweaters and uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, here comes Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> and then the camera does the swing around and he's singing against the big black backdrop that says Elvis. But if you're in the control room, you'd see that you're seeing like, that's how it's laid out. Like he's yeah. singing in front of the black Elvis thing. So it actually, now it wouldn't have made good, good sight lines for the film, no, of course not. but it should have, it should have been, you know, um, Colonel Tong one, what is he doing? What, what, what are you shooting? What is going on? Yeah. Uh, because it would have been shooting underneath you and you wouldn't have been able to see, why it's shooting the wrong direction. It would have been, you know, well, you'd be blinded by lights that are now coming at you. Yeah. Now, I know something you have to do for a movie, but I was still going, oh, I like what you've done here, but it, it, it doesn't add up. No, yeah. <laughs> no, again, yeah. And then um, some of the greatest bits were, even if the voices were blended, the, the performances on the stage at the uh, International Hotel. Great. Yeah, fantastic. Um, maybe not enough time given to fat Elvis <laughs> because he's no, they, they but, start off he's still skinny Elvis and he's rocking the show but how and, and how, then fat Elvis is just the idea that you've been doing it for a while well yeah, yeah. I mean he again he he wanted to tour Europe didn't he he wanted to go off and do these things again to Colonel Parker had, uh, made promises to the hotel people yeah and try and milk that because there was no way Colonel Parker was going to go touring no, because you might not get back in. Yeah. That's the big thing. He has no passport. Yeah. Here's my thing, which I don't get. And I, I looked up and I'm, uh, don't, don't at me. I know, I know he was an illegal alien. I know he couldn't get back in. What I don't get is if people are willing to pay a million dollars for a night, mm. why not just send him? Yeah. Hire yeah. someone to be your number two. Yeah. Send him for a million dollars a night. Yeah. All your financial problems are gone. You know what it is, though? He hasn't got control, has he? And even, but even when Elvis found out he owes him all the money at the end. Yeah. I'm like, go tour. Yeah. A million dollars a night. You can pay him off in, in seven. Give him a million for every night. Yeah. You get the first eight nights. There you go, Colonel Tom. My bill is paid. <laughs> I'll now work for, for me for the rest of my time. Yeah, but he didn't have that. He didn't have that get up about him, did he? He felt a sense of loyalty. The guy who was there for him when his mother yeah. died, and, and very clever. The idea that it should be a family business. We should link you in. That the you know family who's not going to ask any questions because they don't know enough about it stops from getting a proper lawyer involved. And he even said, you know, when he worked out that whole how much you owe me, it was all the way back to like way back the, the, the very first things. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't even question it. No. You could no. have got a legal team together and gone, right, let's destroy this guy. But he didn't, and he wouldn't. Different time, isn't it? It was. You don't know any better. And he was so inexperienced with money, he didn't know. So he didn't. Everybody was living off him. Yeah. And that's an interesting um, 
We sh- we should talk about the scene about the drug scene. Uh, go ahead. I'm 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 blanking. So go ahead. Um, when uh, Elvis has uh, obviously had too many uppers and too many downers each day, and he he can't really focus and get together. Oh, sorry. And he yeah. has to go on stage, doesn't he? Within a few hours. Yeah, and you have that that sound bite, which is done at the very start of the movie, and then comes back around again. Yeah. Do, uh, I don't care what you do, but get that man on that stage. Yeah, his next of kin, Vernon. Yeah. Do we do this or don't we? Yeah, and then throws it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And basically, pump him full of drugs to get him up on stage. They What they should have done has gone, you're not in very good health here. Sorry, guys. Show's cancelled. Get better. But that was too many of those moments of get him up. He's a performing monkey. He's making us money. Yeah, and look what it, yeah. And look what it did to him. Yeah, and, and, and the sad part was he gets on stage and he's so charming yeah. and he's so charismatic uh, and he works the room and it's a way that all of a sudden you go, oh, this is a, I see why people would line up to see it and therefore have a temptation to keep making him do it. Um, yeah, and you get stuck into a routine. Year one goes into year two, three, four, five, and then there you I go. I think he, he knew who he was on stage. But off stage, he had no idea who he was. He's only happy on stage. I think that was pretty much presented. Yeah. That was the issue that Priscilla, I think, ends up with. And the Colonel Tom's voiceover with um, Tom Hanks just says it explicitly, which is it wasn't the love of the other women that got her because he, he didn't really love them, but he always loved the fans. And I think it wasn't one of those like... <sighs> I always hate it was presented like this. I just love my fans so much. Well, no, you love being Madonna. You love being Elvis. Yeah, yeah. Singular name. You love the, you love the adoration. When you're on that stage and you raise your hands and they all roar. Yeah. That's not you loving your fans. It's you loving how your fans cheer for you. Yeah. But that's what he. That's what his biggest drug was. Yeah. Was the unfiltered approval hmm. of everybody he come in, came into contact with. And the stage gave him that. A time when no one was yelling at him. Mm. A time when no one was leeching off him. Uh, he was using them as much as they were using him, and it was... Well, look at the Memphis Mafia. The Memphis Mafia. So they were basically the guys that was always around him, who looked after him. Oh, okay. Who was always there to talk to him. Because he, he kept odd hours. You know, he would be up all night, and he'd want company. He didn't like spending time on his own. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Priscilla mainly hated, you know, where's our time? Yeah. Why do you need your, your mates around you 24-7? And I think he just couldn't deal with being alone. He just couldn't be deal with being on his own because you'd have to face stuff. You'd have to own up to stuff in your life. Yeah. This ain't going right. Why am I gaining so much weight? Why am I... Um, yeah, that was the idea added over. I'm like, that, yeah. As someone who's a bit of a... Well, bit of a someone who's, who's, who's a big fella myself, I'm like, there's actually a journey in this, this idea of this self-loathing that can come across when you... Why can't I control this? Why does this control me? Da-da-da-da-da. And that's a much more nuanced thing than the pills because pills yeah. are easy to hate and it's yeah. an easy story. But actually, I thought they might go somewhere with this whole idea about weight gain and when the image is so important. public image, yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have the high collars and yeah, the high collars are meant for some things, but it's also going to hide the fact that your jaw and your neck are getting bigger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and that, that tight close-up where you do the bit where Austin Butler's doing that final song as Elvis. Oh, seamless. And you get to that close-up of him, and that's Austin Butler. And then you have this montage of the real, Elv- real Elvis archival footage. All that is real. And it ends 
with the same shot but it's a shot of the real Elvis Presley. And they've obviously set up Austin Butler's shot to, to, to mirror this. But because they go from one to the other, they make the switch. And you go, wait, was he was he the, the whole... Wait, hang on? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I, I was sitting there going... And I said to my girlfriend, I went, this is the real Elvis. That's the real Elvis at that point, yeah. And she went, I can't be. I went, it is. Yeah. I've seen this footage time and time no, again. No, it's a very, it's a very famous no shot. Way. Yeah. And because I, I go, he'll smile in a minute. You watch. And he does, because it's so heartbreaking to see him sing that last song, uh, because the guy's holding the mic for him. Yeah. And um, he's banging away on the piano. He's forgetting words. He's slurring his words. And he looks at one minute of the camera and he smiles. And you went, yeah, that's Elvis. Yeah. You know? And that was the very last song he ever sung in public. And there's so much emotion and feeling behind it. Mm-hmm. And there was a film out years ago called That's the Way It Is. At the end of the film, that's the end of that film with him banging away on the piano. And then it comes up on the title cards, That's the Way It Was. Oh, okay. So, you know, it really is, uh, it brings it home. But I thought that switch was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was a good use. And it was, for the most part, it was stuff that we'd seen Austin Butler do. And now we sort of re-hit the journey with the real Elvis president. And go, yeah, this all happened. They, they... What I hate, and I'll bring this up, um, there's a film called Jackie about um, Jackie Kennedy. Yep. And it follows her through um, the death of um, John Kennedy. And every now and again, they'll have um, archival footage um, interwoven with um, the film. And the guy who played Kennedy in the film that we see of Jackie looks nothing (laughs) like him. And then all of a sudden they show you this archival footage of the real Kennedy. Yeah. And you're like, look, this is not right. Yeah. You can see that don't look right. Why are you doing this? But in this film, wow, seamless. I'm curious. This is a quick aside. Did you ever see The People versus O.J. Simpson? No. Oh, really? I heard about it. Is that the one with John Travolta? It's really good, and Travolta's in it, yeah. Yeah. Travolta, I think Travolta, is Travolta Dershowitz? Swimmer's in it? Swimmer's in it. Swimmer's excellent. Apparently it's very good, Swimmer is the... um, Is he the defense attorney? Schwimmer? No, he's not the defense attorney. Oh, he's one of them, sorry. Yeah, a Schwimmer. One of them is the Kardashian. Yes. I, I guess Schwimmer's the Kardashian. Yes, because and he And Travolta's was, Dershowitz, I think. Yeah, I remember something, because he was, OJ was close to the yeah. Kardashians, wasn't he? They all kind of look and sound pretty dang close. Do they? Yeah, they do. And then Cuba Gooden Jr. looks nothing like OJ Simpson. <laughs> Doesn't sound anything like... He sounds like Cuba Gooden Jr. Yeah. So it's like, oh, so you have to go, okay, the performance is really good. Is that enough? Yeah. Or does it have to look and sound like him? Because he just looks like, show me the money. But again, people forget about OJ. He was such a huge star and a family-orientated guy way back when. Sure. Who had, but we know him now after the Bronco, don't we? The Bronco chase. Sure. And, uh, you know, you think of him being this bad guy and everything else, but he was on everything. I had seen him everything. In, I'd seen him in a couple of movies before the Bronco. Yeah, I mean, he was in um, Police Squad or something. He was in, he uh, did. No, what's that one with Leslie Nielsen, the film? Police Squad. No, that was TV series, wasn't it? Oh, The Naked Gun. Naked Gun, yeah, 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 yeah. He was in them sort of things, weren't he? Yeah, he had a, he had a cameo on Bash. Uh, 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 oh, something Back to the Beach? I've not seen that. Oh, really? Frankie Avalon and Annette? No? No, no, no. Oh, no. wow. There's this great scene where the kid, uh, 
he reminded me of the kid from um, Terminator 2. It's obviously not, but <laughs> the kid sees, I didn't get it forever. He goes, Mom, Mom, do you know, uh, they're going to pick up their the, the luggage at the airport, and they, and they both reach, and they both grab the same um, suitcase, and the mom goes, oh, it's a net from the Three Musketeers, uh, the Musketeers, Mouseketeers. Goes, oh, I'm sorry, I thought it was your bag, but this obviously isn't because mine is whatever leather. And he goes, and this is obviously, he goes, pigskin. And then he says, I'll see you then. He goes, Mom, Mom, do you know who that was? And he starts running through the airport, and he jumps, and he trips on someone. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, no, I guess I was wrong. Now, I didn't know what the joke was because the joke is that he's a running back. He's a Hall of Fame running back in the NFL. Yeah. So he wouldn't have been tackled by just like some random <laughs> trolley at the uh, airport. But, yeah, like so my first n- notion of O.J. Simpson is as an actor in that, and he was in Dumb Luck or Pure pure, pure Dumb Luck, some of that, with uh, Martin Short. Oh, Okay. Terrible movie, but you know what I mean? Like, he was getting, like, these buddy cop kind of... But he was this all-American... He was, like, he was, like, he was like a comedic Danny Glover. Yeah, but he was not... But he, more comedic. He was an all-American hero, wasn't sure. he, of the time? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Charismatic, had yeah. lots of advert uh, and things like that. Did sports broadcasting, yeah. It's incredible. And then to have that such a great fool... Yeah. I think it's the thing when you have people at this level of superstardom. And Elvis is interesting because he he rises, he falls, and then he rises again, and then arguably he falls again because when he's the, doing the casino route, he's kind of in this limbo. Mm. He's touring every now and then, but he's still he's probably the, his peak is again that TV special in the immediate first year after, and then he yeah, sort yeah, of falls yeah. again. Yeah. And this is where you get all the all the, the urban legends. You know, Elvis died in the toilet eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know, tabloid fodder and whatnot, and. Um, we're not really given a definitive bit with that. I think it's just we see he says goodbye to his little girl one more time, tells Priscilla, I will always love you. Yeah. And then he dies through, like, you know, words on a screen. And the sad thing is he's made more money since he's been dead than he ever did when he was alive. Yeah. You know, the Elvis Corporation or Enterprise, whatever it is, you know, has earned more money for him now. Imagine what – I'd like to know what he would have been. Because I mean, he was very young. Forty-two. Yep. I mean, you know, would he have retired? Would he have? Um, who knows? What he, he wouldn't have, have retired. It wasn't in him. No. He wants to be on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. And he also wanted to be taken seriously, and and no one was though. He was just because of Colonel Parker. He, he wasn't. Is Elvis a great talent? Resolve was a great performer. Great performer. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Because the, according to the movie, what the movie tells me is he was had the sexy sexy wiggle when he started, and that's all. The movie kind of goes, "That's all he had." <laughs> he had he had the music of 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 of, of the black culture, and he had a wiggle, but he sold it to white audiences. What? A, what? That, that's not as cynical as that, but that's what they show me. No, but you know, like um, uh in um gospel music and the black culture of gospel music they sure. all they all get behind it and they feel everything and they move and yeah. everything that was his way of going this makes me makes me want to yeah. move makes me want to i went to go what can i do to shock no, no, audiences no. it's not it was, it's not no because it, that's the way that someone like colonel tom would do he'd go and say how can i sell this to yeah, white yeah, audiences yeah, yeah. No, no elvis was just doing what felt natural so no point am i trying to say it's a calculated cynical move on his part to do this no. he grows up in this the movie tries really hard to show us he literally grows up in this situation in this community 
adopts it as his own because why wouldn't you because it's what he was exposed to yeah so it shows us that and then when he has to play it straight and goes you can't do the wiggle anymore it's hard he can't do it the fan base has been sold the wiggle yeah so that's the hardest part for me was colonel tom was going guy you sold them the wiggle yeah now you're taking it away and you're upset because people aren't getting on board so as a result they have to go in the army which i'm not sure is as clean cut as i'd be very curious looking at the history to go you caused this giant scandal let's get you to the army i'm pretty sure it's probably uh, a little bit more sophisticated than that yeah same but anyway and when you think at the same time uh muhammad ali is t- uh, sure being very vocal about not joining the army and when he goes to the army i mean that it'd be interesting because this is what lends rise to the things like jerry lee lewis starts to build up if you ever seen the the great balls of fire yeah with uh dennis quaid and winona Ryder. yeah yeah. and they're talking about how elvis is being sent off to the war or off to the army or something like that germany and and, and yeah yeah. and she goes because there's no war at this point and she goes oh you're gonna be the new king of rock and roll that's gonna be you and he and he is you know, he has that he has that meteoric rise. It's like there's no other musical artists in the world exist really in this you know in this thing. And then he comes back and he makes some crappy movies by his own admission. And then we have a comeback special where he kind of talks about but it's all about how he works a crowd, but at no point do we talk about how he's a great vocalist or a great actor. He's just great at engaging an audience. Now you can say that's that's what great acting is, that's what great music is. Um, I think there's a reason why they keep putting him in front of people. The show, not he doesn't make he doesn't make any studio albums, but he makes no, less studio albums. Yeah, yeah. It's about the show of Elvis. He's good with people. I mean, he he also is very good at um, making songs fit him. A bit like uh, Frank Sinatra. Sure, Frank Sinatra was I don't think was a great vocalist. He was very good at making songs oh. fit him. See, I really like Frank. As a vocalist, like I like a Frank, I'm way more likely to put on a Frank track than I am. The only the only Elvis track I'm going to put on on a regular basis, a little less conversation, a little more action. Great, great. But I think that was the most recent number one hit he ever had because that was just buried somewhere. And and they they remixed it. The remix was great. Oh, the remix is great. I remember the time when Ocean's Eleven came out. So I see Ocean's Eleven, the pop, 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 pop. But it's Vegas, right? It is Vegas. It's the perfect combination. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, if I name other Elvis, I, I like. I can't help falling in love. Have you heard with the BFE? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the laughing version of "Are You Lonesome Tonight"? No. Nah. Right. I love this. As a kid, I I cannot listen to this and not laugh. Yeah. And you can put it on twenty times, and I still got giggle and smile to it. He sings "Are You Lonesome Tonight" as a take, yeah. um, an alternate take, um, and. I don't know what he's laughing at. I think he's laughing at the lady doing the backing vocals because she's got phenomenal backing vocals and something tickles him yeah. and he tries to carry on, but he's laughing through it. It's an amazing track to listen to. So if you ever get a chance, are you listening to like the laughing version? Brilliant. Excellent. Oh, so I think that's everything I've got to say about, about Elvis. Is there anything that you thought about that uh, we haven't touched on from the movie? No, we've pretty much touched on all the, the big things. Um, just a great movie whether you like elvis or not the cinematography is fantastic oh, but it's gonna be with baz Luhrmann, isn't it it is but uh, <laughs> I this still feel- guy is not prolific in his filmmaking is he no so, no he he's so he's very he's only made about very, seven or eight films yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he's a quentin 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 he's a quentin go. um so he's very careful about how he does his movies and what he does and what he yeah. invests in them they're not just chucked out nope. so you know if you're gonna go and see a baz Luhrmann movie it's gonna be well thought out well choreographed well lit uh cinematography is gonna be great we should do strictly ballroom 
his very first one he did. Oh, really? That low budget one about ballroom dancing. Yeah. You know, because you can see a, you can see where he's getting his inspiration. You can see it's not a great movie to be fair. Um, but what he goes on to do from that, the springboard. Amazing. Huh? Female cinematographer. Wow. Mandy Walker. Yeah. She's great. She's also done. Oh, hidden figures. Wow. I liked hidden figures. Yeah, I did. That was good. Yeah. Uh, the live action Mulan. Um, Oh, they're gonna do a Snow White remake. Great! Oh, are they? What, Aust- Australia movie? also by Baz Luhrmann. Oh yeah, Australia. I've never seen that. I've never seen that. That doesn't really. I hear it's. To me. I hear it's really long. Aren't they supposed to be doing like a a follow up to that? Oh, I hope not. I think I think there's a follow up coming. New Zealand. <laughs> That'd be a smaller film. <laughs> smaller film. <laughs> Here at Ethan, it's a much smaller film. Much smaller. <laughs> They're not the same size. <laughs> oh, we love you, dude. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But my, my big props go go see it. It look it's a visual treat, and um, yeah, it's I a think, journey. Do you, know, do you know what I love it's about a this film? Yeah, it's a journey. It's a roller coaster uh, of a film, and. Even if you don't like it, it's been sanitized a bit, but yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Um, just, just give it a watch. Give it a watch. You, you'll be, you'll be pleasantly surprised. I think. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I, as long as you're not one of those people who can't do a two plus hour movie, and there's some people like that. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you have it in you to sort of stay, wait, did you stay awake for the whole thing? I did. I oh, did. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so. <laughs> I didn't feel that long to me. No, I'll give you. Like, it was it was a long movie, but it didn't feel, it didn't long. feel long. No, no, no. The pacing's really good. Yeah, the pacing's really, really good. So go ahead, check it out. It's 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 a see it for me and a see it from see it for me too. There yeah. we go. So that's where we're at with that. Uh, the usual stuff. You know, something coming up uh, in the next little while. And you're like, hey, you guys should should get in on this. Let us know. There are people who are waiting to watch Thor: Love and Thunder before they got our uh, oh, wow. our take on it. So yeah, if you got something coming up, uh, I don't know anything necessarily that's coming up on the horizon myself right now. Besides just the usual marvel tentpole stuff what was your uh, uh verdict Trip. on love and thunder love and thunder i won't see it yeah i'd say see it oh have you, have you, have you, not, oh, have you, have you seen it since i've seen it yeah okay um i i didn't grab me as much as uh, ragnarok though. it's not it's ragnarok-esque but it's not as fun it, th- it's, it's, no. it's ragnarok minus yes it's diet <laughs> ragnarok yeah because they actually went with a bit more story to it this time yeah but anyway there's a whole cedar skip it on that you heard liam's mini review go check out our full one that we did and outside of that, let us know whatever else is going on. We've got up with Reverend Bruce on Tuesday, The Town. Wow. The Town, ben Affleck. ben Affleck. Ben yeah. Yeah, it's a heist movie. That's all I know. Oh, I'm wow. doing no research going in. Wow. I'm just going to go ahead and watch it. Experience it. Cool. Get some character names down in advance so I know who to follow. But that's yeah. all I'm doing. I'm not going to be there for that one. Oh, right. You're not for that one. That's Saturday right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's that. And then outside of that, yeah, Liam's going to be... Am I liberty to say what you're doing? Uh, well, yeah, uh, you, you can. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing a film. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Our, got, our next see it or skip it. Yeah. <laughs> skip it. I don't think that. <laughs> you little shit. <laughs> you were in a movie once. and Oh, God, that was dreadful. We we you were like it finally got made because you were like i don't know if i ever actually got made finally and then we looked it up and it had been made and but you were I, like no I, that's them that's them i'd done it like three years ago there hadn't i yeah at the time and so we looked it up on prime and it had been finished 
And you're like, oh. And then we we fill and we watched it and they cut your <laughs> what a terrible film it was too. It was terrible. Even Jason Lahey would have to say that was crap. That was, uh, that was pretty bad. Yeah. So uh, a bad demonic record, wasn't it? Following them. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a terrible movie. Well, what so, a premise. So, folks, I think you got our longest theater skip we've ever done, and uh, that's just you and me riffing. Hey, I will tell you what, it was a long movie, so you got a long podcast yeah. and lots of riffing, lots yeah. of riffing. You got you're some get, music. You're getting, you're getting money for it. Um, what's the what's the word? You're getting value for money. Value for money. That's yeah, for your free download. You're getting value. <laughs> <laughs> no, you definitely won't be hurting with content with the BFE no uh, over, over the next few weeks. So uh, there we go. Anything else you want to know? Let us get a get a hold of us. Let us know. Outside of that, uh, I've been Ian and I've been Liam, and we'll catch you on the flippity flop. Go flippity flip flop. Uh huh. Uh huh. Liam has now left the building.